Whoa! What? Crack a big dose. Besides, like, the ligaments and muscles and tendons of every fucking running back on all my fantasy rosters this week. <sighs> Welcome, bike, to the channel. Welcome, bike, to Monday, Tuesdays, waiver wire, recap, whatever. I just do it when I feel like doing it. Sometimes it's Monday. Sometimes it's Tuesday. Today, it's Monday. All right? 2.45 p.m. Eastern time. You just never know what you're going to get from me. I'm always keeping you on your toes. Fucking ballerina over here. My name is Nicholas. This is BDGE Fantasy Football. Today's going to be a, a smorgasbord. Y'all didn't think I had that in my vocab, did you? This, this is going to be one of them shit show live streams. I'm going to break down the recaps as we recap the week. Things that I took away. The biggest games the biggest performances the biggest duds of the week obviously we will get into a lot of the waiver wire pickups for this week tons of injuries tons of injuries this is a shit show this is an absolute shit show we'll get into just got my first pack of uh of football cards so we're gonna open them live on air but that'll be later in the video we'll get into my favorite monkey knife fight picks we're gonna do a lot today this is gonna be a long one so buckle the fuck up tuck your shirts in obviously Stop yelling. Let's talk. Let's talk about injuries. There's so much to talk about. This this week cost me like every league. I, I was doing real, real, real. I was actually starting starting to feel like a, uh, an actual good fantasy player for once in my life. Right? I'm like three and zero in all my fucking leagues. The only leagues I cared about. E Town Get Down. I was three and zero in first place. The Go Fade Me Dynasty League. I was. 3-0 in second place. Scott jumped me in points. I got another redraft league. I was in second place. And um, E-Town Get Down was just a shit show because I had Cam. I had Tannehill. I had Eckler. I couldn't play him, so I had to pick up a quarterback off the wire and super flex. You don't have that luxury. So I picked up fucking Brett Ripien, played him on Thursday night, didn't have a second quarter. It was just, it was just, and now I lose Eckler. And then in Go Fade Me, go f my IR spot in Go Fade Me is elite right now. We got... We got Eckler, we got Nick Chubb, we got Christian McCaffrey, we got Cam Newton. It's a league I'm three and zero in, a dynasty league I'm three and zero in. And now they're all, all my running backs are dead. Cam Newton, like probably knowing, actually I'm not gonna say that out loud. Things are not looking good though. Things are not looking good. And uh, and and shout out to anyone who just has healthy running backs right now. I'm gonna start throwing out. I'm gonna start throwing out real cash offers for like RB fours on a team. I'll pay you $200 for Chase Edmonds right now. Right now. Take it or leave it. That's the way this week is going. Okay? We have Austin Eckler whose hamstring more or less left his body on Sunday. Hyperextension in his knee. Hamstring tear. This is going to be a severe one. You get to, he, he put no, no pressure on his leg whatsoever. You knew it was a problem immediately when you saw the replay of it. Typically, guys kind of like hop off or hobble off when they have, you know, a mild hamstring strain. And this is straight from PFF. So PFF wrote up an article today outlining the injuries. There's a guy named Mario Pilato. I don't know who it is, but shout out to Mario. Mario, quote unquote. Eckler was carted off due to injury late in the first quarter. He hyperextended his knee at an awkward angle. He immediately grabbed his hamstring and could not put any pressure on his left foot. I'm hoping his MRI comes back clean tomorrow and he does not have a hamstring avulsion. Anytime you start seeing the words like avulsion and you don't know what that shit means, you know you're in fucking deep shit. Like that. <sighs> avulsion nightmares. 
I'm having nightmares about avulsions. Words with V's in them, you know, are just league league losing types of words. A hamstring avulsion is considered a grade three tear, and it requires a surgery and three months of recovery. If Eckler escapes with a grade two hamstring tear, he will miss three to six weeks. So he's without a doubt going on to the IR. If he already didn't, I haven't looked on Twitter in a minute. Um, so you're gonna miss him for a while, and it, and it sucks. It sucks because after they play the Saints this week in week five, they had the Jets, Miami, Jacksonville, Oakland, and then they get a bye. Maybe a possible return spot, but that's, what is that? Saints, then four games. That's like seven weeks from now. Uh, and then they play Denver. So so it's a shame. It's It really is a shame. And uh, per Jared Smola on Twitter, at DS, the week four RB snap rates, Joshua Kelly, 57%, Justin Jackson, 40%. Opportunities, carries plus targets after Austin Eckler left. Josh Kelly, 12. Justin Jackson, 8. Both looked terrible. Both looked awful. But Kelly did outrun him in terms of routes, 13 to 8. So Kelly took the most opportunities. He got the most snaps. Uh, he had the costly fumble right before the half, which is fumbles in back-to-back weeks now. Big bike-to-bike fumbles, never, never good for the outlook. However, they went right by to him. Second half start, first drive. He got the carries. So it seems like he wasn't in the doghouse. In my eyes, what's going to happen is this is going to be a committee for sure, right? With Eckler not there, this is a committee. I mean, it was a fucking committee when Eckler was there. So it's without a doubt going to be a committee right now. Kelly's the back to own. I just looked up on Yahoo and somehow he's only owned in 55% of leagues, which is out of control. He needs to be the number one waiver wire pickup if he is available in your league. As I said, the schedule is juicy after the Saints. Jets, Miami, Jacksonville, all games where... Assuming Anthony Lynn's crazy ass doesn't actually start Tyrod if he's 100%. Assuming Justin Herbert is under center. This, these are games where Kelly could operate as the goal linebacker and score a touchdown in each of those, right? He could rip off fucking three, four trifecta of games in a row with touchdowns. Maybe two of them. I don't know. But I do think Justin Jackson will play a bigger role than most people are anticipating. I think he'll play like an Austin Eckler light-ish role. He's, he's without a doubt a guy to have and to add on your waiver wire. He is one of the top pickups as well. Um, because this is just a backfield where a lot of running backs get touches, regardless of who's actually there. It's just a fucking carousel. You got to remember Jackson. Uh, Jackson's the guy this team really likes, man. He's been able to hold on to this roster spot for a few years now, despite being a six-round pick and despite all the injuries and stuff. This summer, he missed a lot of time with injuries, um, which enabled Josh Kelly to jump him on the depth chart. And then in week one, he finally suited up and got hurt. And then he missed the last two weeks. And this was actually his first game on the field since the injury in week one. So I think it's pretty safe to assume that he wasn't getting his full workload relative to whatever that means for Justin Jackson. You know, like if they had planned this being a 50-50 committee, Justin Jackson wasn't hitting that because, you know, this is his first game back in a while and he's been pretty nicked up. So all that being said, Josh Kelly needs to be owned. Justin Jackson needs to be owned. Uh, Austin Eckler, fantasy owners were fucking owned this weekend and it's, it's a tough hit. And we have Nick Chubb again, my fucking dynasty league with Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler. Like it was just, it was, just, it was just, I don't even know what to say. Can't make out the words right now. I'm heartbroken. It hurts, baby. Nick Chubb, MCL sprain. They put him on the IR. They say he'll be back. Could be anywhere from like three to six weeks, apparently, depending on the severity of the sprain. All this really means that if you drafted Kareem Hunt, um, he becomes a top five, you know, top seven, maybe. Fantasy running back pretty much fucking immediately. Immediately. Right off the rip, right? He's been a, he's almost been that since since Chubb has been on the field too, like these first four weeks. Now, the Cleveland Browns are 
running the ball at the highest rate of any team in the NFL. 53.3%. No one is feeding their running backs more. They have the number one graded run blocking offensive line per PFF. You put those things into a cocktail together and you're getting a sweet marg. All right. This is good news for Kareem Hunt, obviously. If you have him on your team, you just got a locked, loaded RB1 matchup proof because he can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He is fucking incredible. I know I'm going to get a lot of questions about Dearness Johnson. A guy in the AAF who was like second in the league in yards or some shit. He's like a 200-pound back that runs a 4.8640. A legitimate 4.8640. Uh, so if you want to get cute and add him somewhere, like make sure it's a PPR league. It, it, there's there's a possibility that there's a possibility that since Chubb is out, they use Kareem Hunt as more of like the early down roll guy and Dearness Johnson a little bit more in the passing game. And Dearness Johnson, one of his strengths is, is in the passing game, right? He is a, he's a good pass catcher. He proved it in the AAF. He's proved it in his, his college years and whatnot. But I, I, am not, I am not about to get excited about Dearness Johnson. I'm not dropping fab on him in season long. I think in Dynasty, if he's, if he's sitting there on your wire, especially if you're like a Chubb owner, yeah, it makes sense to, to go grab him. Makes sense. OJ Howard ruptured his Achilles. He's going to be out for the year. Now, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, shit, it opens up a lot for Gronk. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. Uncle Gronk. Uncle Gronk's been running more routes than OJ Howard has in every single game so far this year. He had a season high 32 routes run on Sunday. He's been terrible. He's been really, really, really bad. It's possible that now that OJ Howard is out, you know, Chris Godwin's banged up. They have a lot of injuries on the offensive front that they start to use Gronk in a little bit more of a different way. Maybe he's needed this month where it would have been preseason to get his legs back under him, but like, I've seen no evidence of that being the case. He just looks fucking terrible. He looks he looks washed. Looks like he took a fucking full bath. He's not good. And when you look at the Buccaneers schedule over the next month, Chicago, Green Bay, Las Vegas, and the Giants. All of them have been very, very, very good against opposing fantasy tight ends. All of them are in the bottom half in terms of fantasy points allowed to fantasy tight ends. The latter three, Green Bay, Vegas, and New York are in the bottom eight in terms of fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. I am not excited for Gronk. But who I am excited for, who I am excited for, is Mr. Scotty Miller, all right? Here's the deal. Tweeted this out earlier today. And uh, make sure y'all are following me on the Twitter, all right? Make sure y'all are following me on the Twitter because I'd be tweeting out ignorant shit like this all the time, all right? Here's what I said. I said, realistically, Scotty Miller has been good for fantasy. He had one week that we actually got excited for him and threw him into our lineups, and he fucking flopped at Chris Paul, right? But he ranks second in A dot, which is average depth of target, behind only Calvin Ridley. Amongst amongst wide receivers with, I believe it was 20 targets, which is about 59 or 60 of them, second in average depth of target. So he's getting them downfield shots, man. There's no O.J. Howard anymore. Probably not Chris Godwin. I believe this was a multi-week concussion. Evans is uh, finally getting back from his hamstring strain, but... Uh, he, he messed something up during that game. I believe it was an ankle sprain or something. And it's possible that like it swells up after and he doesn't practice at all. And he's jogging out there next week at less than 100%. Tough matchup for Chicago. But I, I like, I think I think we're all getting emotional about Scotty Miller. Emotional. Who who would have thought 2020 would bring us down to our knees and emotional because of Scotty fucking Miller. A lot to be emotional about. And Scotty Miller is the top of the list. You fucking hate to see that. You really do. So, uh, so I don't hate Scotty Miller, man. I, right now, he's legitimately, I believe, like the wide receiver 29 and half PPR. And that's while scoring 
while not scoring a lot, while having an absolute dud game. Like there are um there are reasons to really like Scotty Miller going forward. Tom Brady obviously trusts him. Especially as a as a downfield option where Evans is kind of hampered by all these lower body injuries. Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. Let me see if I could pop up this video for y'all real quick. And Kenyon Drake, a lot of people might not know this. He had another terrible game and now he's just running on full running on fucking fumes of bad games. He's been injected with terrible fantasy performances and his his blood is is filled with it. It's not good. It's not good if you're a Drake owner. Um, he did get injured at the end of the game, though. Let me throw this up here for you if I can figure this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did it. So, Dr. Porce, Kenyon Drake got lit up on a spin move. Trainers were feeling on his stomach and chest. Worst case scenario, cracked cartilage ribs, which is what I believe Cam Akers is dealing with right now. It's costing two games so far. Best case scenario, he's got the wind knocked out of him, and he will be fine. So he took that big hit. Let's, 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 let's fucking run that bike real quick. Oh, we're going slow-mo reverse. Skirt. I'm just going to give you a little hug. I'm going to help you up. We're going to have a tea party. Now I'm about to fuck you up. Boom. All right. So not a good look for Mr. Kenyon Drake. Scary thing is just like Chase Edmonds, man. If he's for some reason not owned in your league, I think the argument could be made that you would rather have Chase Edmonds over Josh Kelly as the number one waiver wire priority pickup. You fucking kidding me? I'm live streaming. You're outside my window beeping. These people need to know Chase Edmonds or Josh Kelly. It's a matter of life and death. Lock it up. Okay? You got to take things in life. You got to take them. No one's going to take them for you. That's why you got to take Jake fucking Chase Edmonds. He's getting, a lot of, he's getting a lot of passing work. He's getting way too much passing work to be comfortable as a Drake, as a Drake owner. Kenyon Drake did not see... I'm going to throw this fucking thing out the window right now. Kenyon Drake didn't see a single target yesterday. You guys probably actually don't even hear the beeps right now. Someone did something fucking stupid. Hold on. These people all fucking beeping at a... There's like a cab right outside. It's a cab sitting outside and they're trying to get their dog out of the car and like they have a little bucket for him. I don't know why they just fucking pick him up and take him out. But the dog won't jump in. He's like hesitant. He's like, uh, what do I do with fucking Chase Edmonds? I'm like, jump in, bitch. Let these cars go. All right. So uh, Drake didn't see a single target yesterday. Chase Edmonds saw six targets yesterday. Chase Edmonds saw six targets yesterday. Kenyon Drake has five targets through four weeks. Drake's a problem. I'm getting asked a lot of questions. What do we do with Kenyon Drake? Do we buy him low? You can buy him low. You could sell him. Here's the thing. If you're going to buy Kenyon Drake low, make sure you are actually buying him for the production that he is putting up on the field, right? Like don't buy, like I'm in E-Town Get Down now without Eckler. Um, like I'm hurting at running back. I have a ton of wide receivers, but I have, you know, Thielen, Terry, Tyler Lockett, Will Fuller, like those are my two starting wide receivers, two flex plays. And I'm like, dude, I don't like, I understand that Drake is a buy low right now, but I'm not trying to, um, I'm not trying to lose value in the trade. Like I want to trade for Kenyon Drake for what he's actually putting on the field. So no, I'm not willing to, to flip Terry for him. I'm not willing to flip Fuller for him. I'm not willing to flip Tyler Lockett or Adam Thielen for him because he's not as good as they are. I need a running back. And this is why you draft running backs early and often. Because wide receivers are a dime a dozen on the fucking wire, man. You could find wide receiver twos and threes and stuff like all over the fucking place. 
Uh, so Drake, you can buy them, sure. Like I might try to buy them, but like I need to find a piece that I think is actually amicable. No fan. Gonna miss some time with an ankle injury. Uh, KJ Hamler had a hammy injury, which basically just means Jerry Judy is pretty much an every week flex start. Right? Fucking flex him. I feel damn good about it. Okay. Injury talk. Enough. Physically, we're done with injuries. But the injuries never fucking... The injuries never stop during football season, man. Emotionally, I'm hurt. I got a heavy heart right now because of the injuries. And uh, and, and we have to talk about Joe Mixon, of course. Okay? I want to run by a, a little clip for you right now. I don't know if this is, this is going to play the sound for you or not, but I'm, I'm going to throw it up here. You know, between a low-end RB1 and a higher. And, like, listen, he's going to have his, you know, 20 for 120 in a touchdown game eventually, and people are going to get excited about it. But, like, I, how many how many times can we run this this thing back right now? And and the reason I sold Mixon is literally because you're still getting Joe Mixon value. Like, I got fucking yeah. C-Mac for him. Yeah. Like, that's why I'm like, yo, get him off now until people need nine more weeks to realize that Gio is always going Okay. So this was a podcast I went on that I put up on my channel on Wednesday. So if you watch that, I was talking about selling Joe Mixon last week. And I was saying we had three absolute shit weeks for Mixon, right? And then eventually, he's too talented not to have big games. He's going to have them, and then people are going to go nuts about it. It's exactly what we saw, right? Of course, I need to address it because I just went on a fucking parade, a tour around the fucking podcast circuit about selling Joe Mixon. 25 carries, 151 yards, two touchdowns, six targets, six receptions, 31 yards, and another tug. Geo. Zero targets, two carries. Uh, this was, I mean, this was a lock. The way I was talking about selling Mixon was a lock for him to absolutely go fucking nuclear. There's just no other way I could have it, right? That's just what the fantasy gods do to you. Whatever you want, the opposite happens, okay? Joe Mixon's 151 yards basically like doubled his rushing yards total. I think he had 160 or 165 rushing yards up to that point. And then he goes 151. So... Basically, what I said I thought was going to happen, happened. But you have to look at it objectively. Here's the objective truth. Mixon was a first-round pick. And through the first month of the season, he has delivered one good game. One good game. That was his first game above 11 half PPR fantasy points. And it came against the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? We have a lot of thoughts about things early on in the season, especially. After week one, we were like, oh, maybe Jacksonville won't be competing for one of the worst teams in the league. Three weeks later... Couldn't be more wrong. Jacksonville Jaguars love the effort. They kind of stink everywhere. All right. So, yes, Mixon had the blow up game. It was encouraging to see Geo not being used. Right. But again, it was the Jaguars. Mixon, they were leading. So it seemed like a game that you just keep mixing on the field for. When they're in games where they actually need to use two and four minute drills, I'm extremely confident that they're, they're going to go back to Geo in those situations. Um, so he's got three bad games, he's got the one good game. What happens next? The Bengals are playing at Baltimore next, and then they're playing at Indy. Two very, 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 very tough defenses to succeed against, especially on the ground. Indy's been one of, if not the most underrated defense in the NFL, like almost running on a year and a half now. Uh, so I think we'll get a, a much clearer picture of what Mixon really is over these next two games again. Not going to be surprised if he has a couple more duds here. The problem with Mixon, like selling him high right now, 
is the running back landscape is just so shit, right? Like if you own Mixon, maybe you had Eckler, maybe you had Saquon or C-Mac or fucking Nick Chubb, like any of you, it's just like not a guy. He's not a guy that I think you should sell for the sake of selling. But as you saw in that clip, that was a dynasty trade, by the way, I did. I sold him because he still had Joe Mixon name trade value. A lot of you guys I saw in the chat before talking about selling Mixon and you said you like put it out there for the league to see if you can get any interest on it. And like all you guys are like, oh, the people in my league still don't, still don't trust Mixon. I think that's a smart move. I think they've showed their hand many, many times about using a guy like Mixon and using him with Geo. We're looking at one game. We'll see what happens going forward. But again, like if you have Mixon and... I don't know. I mean, you could test the waters. See if, you know, if you're hurting depth everywhere. Like, I, I still would be fine flipping Mixon for, like, James Robinson and a piece. Like, see if you can go a two-for-one there. If you're if you're hurting at wide receiver and running back, see if you could do a, a two-for-one flip. Like, I would take Tyler Lockett, James Robinson coming off bad games for a Joe Mixon flip straight up right now, for sure. But, again, don't just sell them for the sake of selling them. Um, but don't be surprised if we still see Mixon's week ones through three in bad matchups, okay? Tampa Bay backfield. The bikes in Tampa Bay is still just such a conundrum, man. Still just such a conundrum. Rojo looked very good until he didn't, which is the story of his life, pretty much. Uh, without, without Leonard Fournette, Rojo actually played on a career-high 49 snaps. Carried the ball 20 times for 111 yards. 5.6 yards per carry. Saw nine targets. Nine targets. So you're going to tell me Rojo gets 20 carries and sees nine targets. That's like a Derrick Henry. Actually, no. Derrick Henry never sees. Derrick Henry's like a fucking career total of nine targets. But y'all get what I'm saying here. This is like a Christian McCaffrey game. Except he was fucking terrible through the air. Catches six of them for like it was 17 yards. He dropped a few of them. LeSean McCoy ended up getting hurt. Left. Which... Put Keyshawn Vaughn onto the field. This rookie Keyshawn Vaughn who got a lot of hype in the preseason. And this was coming after uh, Bruce Arians kind of talked him up all week, which is good to see. They, they put him on the field at the end of the game. He turned one of his uh, targets into a touchdown pass, which was good to see. He looked good on it. Didn't look good on the ground in his you know handful of carries. Not going to take a sample size and fucking turn into something it ain't like everybody in fantasy football does. But here here's the thing. like Leonard Fournette is going to be back. And when he's in, when he's on the team, like this is going to be a situation where you just can't figure out what to do with the running backs. Like, of course, Rojo was going to have tons of volume with Fournette out, but Rojo probably has 14 carries if Fournette is healthy. And what does 14 carries for 80 yards on the ground do if you're not scoring? And if you're turning six targets, six catches into 17 yards? You're, you're back at like the RB3 stage. So as much as like you think you want to own a back in, in this backfield, like you, you probably don't actually want to do that. Think of it objectively, always objectively. I talk about not figuring out Tampa Bay backfield, like the Rams, man, the Rams, Malcolm Brown. This was, this was supposed to be Darrell Henderson's week. I would have loved to have celebrated Darrell Henderson. He was a running back I just traded for in E-Town Get Down. So I'm feeling fucking plush with running backs. I got Sanders. I got Eckler. I got Darrell Henderson. That's how I'm feeling. Feeling like fucking shit with those three running backs now. 
Malcolm Brown. He, okay, here, here's here's what I felt like from the start, and this is completely narrative driven. I don't have any facts, no big facts, no logic to to back this up. No bike up plan here. This felt to me like a game where they just got onto the field, and Sean McVay was like. As long as we don't fuck up, we're not going to lose this game. Like, there's no way the Giants are going to come out here. You know, sometimes, like, some teams win games and some teams just don't lose games. It felt like the first series came out and Daryl Henderson puts up, like, four fantasy points on the first drive. And I'm like, let's fucking go. We're about to eat. And then he just gets taken out of the game. I don't think he missed a block. I don't I don't know what changed there. But it became the Malcolm, Malcolm Brown show, which should never be a thing. That should never, ever be a thing. He outsnapped him. Uh, 35 to Henderson's 22. He ran 22 routes compared to Henderson's six. Henderson's one target went for three fewer yards total than Malcolm Brown's six targets, okay? So here, here's what I felt like. They were playing the game, and Sean McVay just went into absolute conservative mode. And you know what? Like, I don't even blame him because the NFL and wins are not easy no matter where you go, except playing against Giants. They were playing the game, and he was like, we're not going to lose this game. If we just don't make mistakes, we won't lose this game. And that's what that's what Malcolm Brown is in a fucking definition. He's just a guy who's going to get you four yards, not going to fumble it, not going to do anything stupid because he doesn't do anything good. Okay, So that's what it felt like to me. It felt like he just knew that as long as they weren't getting flashy, as long as they weren't trying anything crazy, they'd come away with the win. And he don't give a fuck about our fantasy teams, right? So it just, it just, that's the way that game felt to me. Right. And it, and it played out, it played itself out. And, and that's exactly what happened. Like, I don't think Jared Goff attempted like one throw down the field more than 20 yards, except for, I mean, the Cooper cup touchdown wasn't a, a long throw. It was just a throw that Cooper cup turned into a long game. So it, it kind of sucks because they play Washington next week. And I could see them having the same kind of mindset or game plan. But in leagues like in the E-Town get down where like all my running backs are injured, I'm probably going to have to roll out the run Henderson. It's not going to be fun, but like is Cam Akers back? I don't know. It, it, it's ugly. It is ugly. But we know for sure Henderson's the better back. We know he's more explosive. So on less touches, he should be able to do his thing. But it seemed like he was completely benched in this one. It seems like it was more game script driven than, than anything else. So we've got all the fucking running bikes are dead. We've got all the running bikes in committees now. There's literally no one safe. Nobody is fucking safe out here. Nobody's fucking safe. Like, all the rookies stink now. Like, Jonathan Taylor has looked fucking abysmal. I know everyone's like, why is Jordan Wilkins and Naeem Hines getting nine carries? Like, listen, they're the only ones, like, creating on their own. I know their yards per carry look terrible, but if you actually watch the game, Jordan Wilkins, like, low-key looks better than Jonathan Taylor. It's kind of fucked up. But uh, this dude, uh, Nick Whalen, on Twitter, put up a YouTube video yesterday, two, two or three days ago, whatever, Talking about Jonathan Taylor and like why he's been struggling up to this point in the season. The volume is clearly, you know, not a problem right now. His efficiency is. He's he's looked terrible as a runner. It's looked like fucking Trent Richardson in terms of vision. Um, so go on YouTube, search Nick Whalen, just do like Nick Whalen, Jonathan Taylor. And he goes through like the first month of the season and he breaks down like a bunch of plays where Jonathan Taylor like has wide open holes to the left or right of him and just decides to run straight into the fucking back of his offensive lineman. It, it looks so bad. It's really, really bad. But I'm confident that, you know, you keep giving him the volume. He'll get better. This was a lot of shit you heard about, like, Miles Sanders last year, too. Um, and there was, like, you know, if he just, like, looked to the right a little bit more, he's he's gone for a 50-yard touchdown. That's what he does bring to the table. Sometimes he doesn't even have to be good. He just has to be lucky. If there's a hole there, he's going to find it, and he's going to bust through. So the volume continues to be there. 
What's more concerning is uh, the game script. Like, this is just a slow-paced defense win the game, ground and pound. We're not throwing the ball a lot. Phil Rivers targeted running backs 17 times in week one. 17 times. And that was where we all got excited, right? Naeem Hines catching 96 fucking passes. Jonathan Taylor catching six passes. Since week one, after targeting the running back 17 times, he's targeted the position total over the last three weeks 15 times. So you're seeing a lot of negative right now. I do think this will be turned around for Jonathan Taylor. I personally, I wouldn't be worried if I if I owned him. Like you, you already hit the lotto. Best case scenario, Marlon Mack being out. He would Jonathan Taylor would probably have been a colossal bust third round pick if Marlon Mack was actually still healthy right now. Um, because it seemed like the Colts, you know, it seemed like the Colts saw at practice what we're seeing on the field now, and Marlon Mack was the better running back, at least right now. So. What the fuck were we talking about? Are we talking about fucking guys who stink in the AFC South? How about Houston, bro? Like the Houston Texans. Is it even legally possible for Bill O'Brien to get fired? I feel like at this point he's he's maneuvered himself into the into the franchise to the point where like it's not even technically possible for him to get fired. He's like the GM and the fucking coach and the like the ball boy. He just has every position covered right now where he where he can't get fired for his disgusting 0-4 start. And this was my concern for Deshaun Watson coming into the year, is that he's just going to get killed every year, and this offense was not going to move the ball down the field. Uh, he's been pressured so much. He's been pressured, I think, uh, fifth most dropbacks this year he's been pressured on. Leads the NFL in 15 sacks taken. He's taken 15 sacks so far. Leads the NFL. And he has not been good under pressure. His uh, adjusted completion rate under pressure this year is bottom five in the NFL among quarterbacks. You know what happens when you don't have someone you trust while you're under pressure? You don't make accurate throws. You don't throw that to them. You throw the ball away. You just like you don't trust anybody, right? Texans could really use a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. And what's worse is that their play calling, as it's always been, Bill Bryan's always been a terrible play caller. I know they flipped it over to uh, I forget what his name is, like Tim Kelly this year or some shit. But I'm, I'm pretty sure Bill Bryan like took the reins back this week. Regardless, no one is good there calling plays. Regardless, it doesn't matter who you fucking give the, the, the play calling book to. They are calling play action on 15% of their plays. That is the single lowest rate in the NFL. That would drastically help out Deshaun. He needs any help he can fucking get with his offensive line and the lack of separation from the receivers. Like David Johnson, he just he just ain't got the fucking sauce anymore. He just doesn't have it. Doesn't have he's like a fucking old bottle of ragu sitting in your fridge just ain't it all right duke johnson came back this weekend saw nine touches does that start to hamper david johnson a little bit i don't know but david johnson just doesn't have the ceiling or the upside anymore man will fuller is the only dude you can try out there and feel good about on a weekly basis obviously you're still playing deshaun watson but like at this point i don't feel good about that shit i feel good about fuller but not about deshaun watson man it's ugly I do feel good about Justin jefferson Went over 100 again this week. So for some reason, he's still sitting on your waiver wire. Needs to be added. The kid is fucking legit. It's like every time he gets a target, it's like 20 yards downfield. Then he's making plays with the ball in his hands. He's like he's like doing what DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf's had four receptions in every game so far. And he keeps going over 90 or 100 yards. It's just like what we're seeing out of Justin Jefferson. So we've got a, some guys that are great. We've got a lot of guys that stink. Like Dallas's defense fucking stinks, right? And I tweeted this out last week. 
So again, make sure you're following me on the Twitter, Nick underscore BDGE. This is on October 1st, so this is prior to week three games. Why are y'all transparent and shit? I don't know about this. You can still see me behind it. That's kind of cool. It's like the uh, it's like the meme where it's like pain, you know, like Spain without the fucking S. And you have like Frankie Muniz or some shit. Someone needs to make a meme out of me and say fucking pain. Cowboys offense is the fastest pace in the NFL right now. A full four seconds per play faster than the next fastest team. They lead the NFL running 76.7 offensive plays per game. Currently ranked 23rd in offensive pass rate. Oh, no, wait. Don't mind the bottom one. That's from last year. Fuck last year. We're talking about this year. The top one, October 1st, is from this weekend. The other one's from last November. I just searched the Cowboys, and they came up back-to-back for some reason. I fucking screenshotted it like a novice. Point being, they're running a lot of plays. They're running it very fast. 76 plays coming into the game. They ran 82 plays on Sunday. 82 fucking plays. That's so many plays. Dak threw for 502 yards. He's now on pace for 6,760 passing yards. Honestly, I might take the fucking over. Might take the over. Their defense is so bad that I might have Dak thrown for 9,000 yards. Okay? Like, it's a very real possibility with how that team is set up. Like, they just spend money on defense. Everybody just dies and gets hurt, and everybody just stinks. And then they just don't want to pay Dak. This guy's on pace for 7,000 passing yards. You're not going to pay him? I don't know what the fuck they're doing there in Dallas. So I was looking at Peyton Manning's uh, single-season record, right? Threw for 5,477 passing yards back in 2013. In order for Dak to hit that, from this point forward, he would have to average over 315 passing yards per game. Over 315 would be 316, for those of y'all that are not good at math. 316 passing yards per game over the next 12 games, and he breaks Peyton Manning's single-season record. He is the first quarterback to throw for 450 passing yards in three straight games. You even have, like, Amari Cooper locked and loaded wide receiver one looks fantastic. CeeDee Lamb locked flex play week in, week out with how bad this defense is. Even Zeke is balling in the past game, man. Caught eight passes. Currently on pace for 124 targets, 92 catches, and 636 receiving yards. If you told me that preseason for Zeke, I, I would have debated him as the number one overall pick. Michael Gallup, though, dude. Michael fucking Gallup comes out of here with 29 receiving yards. When Dak throws for 502. Michael Gallup ran the single most routes and played on the single most snaps out of all Dallas wide receivers on Sunday. Because I'm, I'm seeing these numbers and I'm seeing all the Gallup hype. So I look at the box score and I'm like, this is depressing as shit if you started him. So I'm like, there has to have been, you know, Cedric Wilson had a blow up game last week. Did he start eating into Gallup snaps? Did CeeDee Lamb become like the wide receiver two on the outside when they run two wide receiver sets? And look, and Gallup's the one playing most of the fucking plays. It's ridiculous. So he led the team in snaps and routes run. He finished sixth in targets and seventh in both receptions and yards on his own team on Sunday. I didn't even know they had that many offensive players. It's not good. It's not good. So he's like legitimately just a deep threat at this point, but he's not doing it efficiently. His average depth of target ranks fourth among all NFL pass catchers with at least 20 targets this year. So he's getting looks downfield, but like, here's the thing. Like, I guess you hold on to him. The question is whether or not you can drop him, right? I would hold on to him because we have bye weeks approaching. Injuries are happening left and right. And you know, with a guy like Gallup, yes, his floors look terrible, 
But if you're going to go to someone else on the waiver wire, most of them don't have the ceiling that Gallup has, right? Like he might put up two or three Doug games, but he does have, you know, that six for 120, six for 150 and a touchdown ceiling that we saw already this year. He's like Joe Mixon. All right, so drop drop Michael Gallup, drop Joe Mixon. Do yourself a favor. Um, those are, those are most of the takeaways I had. OBJ obviously had a fucking baller game. I just tweeted this out too. He had 73 rushing yards on Sunday. OBJ had 73 rushing yards. In the six years of his career prior to Sunday, he had 84 total rushing yards. So big game for him. OBJ is a guy I would sell right now. I think um, I think the volume will not be consistent going forward. And if he doesn't have like that one big play, right? If he's getting six targets, eight targets a game, you know, one of them or two of them are going to be uncatchable. One of them is going to be down the field. If he doesn't catch that one big play for like that touchdown, you're more often than not looking at like the four for 50 game. There's just not a lot of volume in this in this offense. Though, I guess, you know, you could make the argument with Nick Chubb out, they're going to air it out a little bit more, but I, that's not going to be the game plan, man. Stefanski has clearly fucking created what he wants to create here in Cleveland and done it really fucking well. Like I said before, Kareem Hunt, they're running it at the highest pace or the highest rate of any team in the NFL. Over 53% of their plays are run. And their offensive line is absolutely fucking hog motherfuckers out there right now. So it doesn't seem like they're just going to, you know, they get rid of Chubb and they're just going to start throwing the ball down the field all the time. Baker's looked fucking crispy though. If I own Baker in Dynasty, if I own him in redraft, like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better than I was at the beginning of the season, especially after week one. So, um, he's looked crispy, but obviously they're just they're making him into a game manager, and he's obviously good enough to, to, to just be a game manager going forward. So for Odell Beckham, he's definitely more of a wide receiver too for me. That you can just expect. Uh, he has a high ceiling on a weekly basis, but his floor is realistically like the floor of a wide receiver four-ish. So I don't, I don't love Obel, Odell. I, w- I would try to get rid of him, I think. All right. All right. Where are we at, dogs? Um, so if you're just joining us now, obviously I went through a lot of shit already. I went through the Chargers. but I went through all the injuries, you know, Chubb, Eckler, um, all those kind of things and the impact that it has going forward, especially on the, the running backs you can get afterwards, et cetera. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. We're gonna open up this this pack of football cards. Panini Chronicles draft picks 2020. You know what's fucking bullshit about car, uh, cards? Like they they put stuff like uh, find one autograph per box on average. Those fucking motherfuckers. That's false marketing. Kinda. They just put it in like size one font. Very disrespectful. So we're going to open these after. We're going to go on Monkey Knife Fight for a minute, though, and look at some of the picks for tonight's game. We're going to go to Google Chrome. Bing, bang, boom. Here we go. All right. Uh, The full waiver wire video, the full waiver wire article, in-depth article, will be up on, uh, on Patreon within uh by tomorrow by tomorrow around noonish so if you want the full waiver wire article you know with all of the positions quarterback all the way down through defense i would uh i would go sign up on patreon.com forward slash bdged okay so we've got two games to pick from tonight 
I want no part of this England, the New England Chiefs game. I have no idea what's going to happen there. There's just too many variables going into it, so I'm going to stay away from that game. We're going to go into the Atlanta Green Bay game, and I feel like doing some freaky shit. All right, there are a lot of there are a lot of like fun games to play here. Like normally, I'd play the touchdown dance, and I'd add like an Aaron Jones who's probably going to have 74 touchdowns. Probably throw Todd Gurley because he's like 50-50 in to get in, and then probably Ridley over Julio. This is how I would run it. You need three touchdowns combined between three of them. But I want to go big. I want to go big here. I want a 10x. I want a 10x the money we're throwing down, all right? We're the big boys. Devontae Adams is going to be out. So I just want over on Aaron Jones fucking everything. That's what I want. More or less. Now, we're going to go fantasy points here. Okay. Here's how I see this game playing out. Aaron Rodgers, 22.5 fantasy points. For the skill players, these are full PPR points, all right? These are full PPR points. So we got to think about this. Um, also, if you're not signed up on Monkey Knife Fight already, when you do, if you use the promo code BDGE, you're going to get double your money. So if you throw $10 into your account, you'll get $20 to play with. And then we're going to fucking 10 exit with these picks right here. And we're going to turn that into $200. All right. So here's what's going to happen. This is why Vegas wins a lot because you guys will look at this and everyone just going to be like over, 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 over. Fantasy players, as well as betters, just love the over, right? We just love the fucking over all the time. Everything just looks juicy and everything just looks like the over. I think what might help you a little bit more is to try to tell the story of the game. Story of the game. I feel like I'm fucking on an ESPN documentary feature. So I think there's no doubt that Green Bay should manhandle this game. I think that... Aaron Jones is going to be featured and featured heavily. There's no Devontae Adams. I think they're going to try to keep the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if Jamal Williams got like 10 carries, 15 carries in this one. I think they are going to absolutely dominate in terms of time of possession. And I think that might hurt Matt Ryan. Though 20 and a half fantasy points is not a lot to do. I know the Falcons secondary and their pass defense is just so bad. You're like, you know, how do you not go with the over? So 22 and a half points for Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to go less. I think without Devontae Adams, he has trouble hitting that. No Alan Lazard either. He has trouble hitting that. So it's going to be a good game for the Packers, but I think more of it goes to Aaron Jones. Okay, I think they're going to try to dominate time possession. I think Aaron Jones gets a ton of touches. So I'm going to go under Aaron Jones. I mean, under for Aaron Rodgers. Probably ends up with like 21, 22. Or probably you watch this tomorrow and he had 47 points. Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley. I, I really, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about the pace of this game. I'm a little bit nervous that I, I, I want to hit the under hard. That's what I want to do. I want to hit the under very hard uh, on the game overall. I think it's like 57 and a half points. And I just think without your play, your top playmaker in Green Bay, I would take the under there. And then we have like the entire fucked up um, Atlanta Falcons team, right? Russell Gage, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Where is, uh, nope. Let me see if we have any updates on Calvin Ridley. I believe like everybody is, is suited up to play. Oh, we got some Austin Eckler news. What's good? Austin Eckler suffered a grade two hamstring strain in the Chargers week four loss to Tampa Bay. He's expected to miss four to six weeks. So probably about what Christian McCaffrey had. Bill O'Brien is expected to call plays for the rest of the season. Well, that fucking aged well, huh? Um, 
Yeah, that's that fucking stinks. David Johnson, here goes 42 carries out the middle. Okay, um, we're looking at... Calvin Relay are expected to play. He's been questionable with an ankle. So the source, he said, Rollins is ready to roll against Green Bay after both Willis is questionable. Ridley, after missing Thursday's practice, was able to get a limited practice on both on Friday. Both receivers should be in lineups. No matter, no matter. Ah, see, this is kind of tricky now. This is tricky. As much as I thought I liked this, now I'm a little bit nervous. Now I'm a little bit nervous. Hmm. What are we thinking here? I'll let you guys decide. Matt Ryan, over under 20 and a half. Calvin Ridley, over under 16 and a half. Full PPR. Do we just do more or less 35 exit? Yeah, fuck it. We're going to go big. Matt Ryan, 313 passing yards. We'll go under. I don't like rushing yards there. I like fantasy points way more. So you guys all love the over. You know what happens? That makes me think that it's going to be under. It makes me think it's going to be under. This is what happens. When the public likes something too much, that's how Vegas stays in fucking business. All right, fuck it. We're going to roll with y'all. We're going to throw 20 beaners down on it for a prize of 200. Let's fucking go. For the record, I wanted the under on both of these. No, I wanted the under on Ridley over on Matt Ryan. All right, 20 for 200. Y'all should fucking roll with me, baby. I don't like your pessimism. I'm a fucking Falcons fan. Where do you think it comes from? You're out of your mind. So that's how we're going to roll. If you want to fucking roll with me, monkey knife fight, throw 10 bucks down. Use the promo code BDGE. BDGE. And you'll double your deposit. Goes from 10 to 20, just like that. And you could lose all your money with me. Uh, I don't know if you could use the app in Texas. You should be able to go to the... This is not an app, by the way. This is just a uh, website. You must be 18 years of age and a resident of an approved U.S. state. So if your state falls within here, yep, you could use it in Texas. They pretty much have every... Almost, not every, but almost every state unlocked at this point, which is good. So... Can't be saying what word. What did I say? Yeah, no PA. I get nervous on live streams. Yo, live in NY. How do you do monkey knife fight? It says it right there, bro. There's an NY. Like, you're literally allowed to play. Works in Canada, too. Oh, the C word? Did I even say? I didn't even know I said, uh, I said cunt. I said cunt all the time. It's my favorite word. Now it's getting to a point where I don't even notice I'm saying it, which might be a bad thing. All right. Let's open. Let's, uh, what the kids say, break boxes. This is my first. So I used to love uh, baseball cards back in the day. Used to fucking live in my local card store. Maybe I'll just give these away to you guys. Or I'll raffle them off for 13 bucks. Oh, and you said Canada. I'm not allowed to say Canada. Why is Canada? You know what? That's what you call great branding. That's what you call great branding when... People are more concerned. People know you're not allowed to say the word Canada, but you're allowed to say cunt. All right, boys. So we've got the Panini Chronicles draft picks. First box, first football cards I've ever had. I had a, uh, 
I used to go baseball balls deep on that. I'm going to have to go home and get my baseball cards and see if I got anything good. I used to collect some, uh, some rookie NBA cards too. They're probably in terrible shape, but manufactured in Boca Raton. So we've got four packs. You know, I'm so fucking stupid. Look, look at this. Uh, Tommy, I see. You know what? I've done that before. I don't know why I say that. It's just like, uh, I don't mean it, obviously, like that. Okay. I bought, like, covers for it, but I'm, I wasn't really fucking reading it. And, uh, and I bought these, which don't, these fit like fucking Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon cards. These are 2020. I hope. Yeah, 2020. All right. Let's do it. I'm going to ruin them, I feel like. I feel like I'm about to get shitted on by you guys. That's not how you're supposed to open packs. And yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you open packs without damaging shit? I ordered these off Amazon, by the way. Um, okay. Hey, fat boy Zach Moss. Wait, do these fit in these packs? Oh, they do. I'm a fucking fraud. It's not how you open a pack. I love that. Hunter Bryant. Can someone tell me if I like uh, pull a good card? Because I still don't know the value of any of these cards yet. Or what these things do. Javon Leak. That fucking stinks. Oh, a little shiny action, Jordan Love. A little short Jordan Love shiny action. <laughs> Jared, that's how I feel, bro. Like, did you just touch that rookie card without a I'm gonna pin that? You could pin comments now, it's lit. This is really how I'd be feeling. Like when I watch people break them, I'm like, Ugh. That's a valuable card. I feel like it's probably not. I feel like you're lying, but I'm gonna put it over there. You know what? I'll open up these these things. That's the card. I feel like you guys are lying to me. You do need gloves, though. Do I? I don't need gloves. Fuck that. Fuck a glove. It is worth up to $500. Stop. Stop fucking doing this to me. I don't believe you. I feel like me doing this alone, like I just may put it from a 10 down to a fucking six. Get in, Jordan Love. Oh, why did I keep thinking? Uh, why was I keep thinking that I, for some reason I thought Jordan Love was Jacob Eason? And I was like, I don't want the fucking Colts six round pick. But Jordan Love, uh, yeah, he could take over, um, take over Aaron Rodgers. And then we got a rated rookie. Benjamin Victor, like the least fucking likely guy to go nuts here. Cool. All right, that's one. It's kind of fun doing this shit, man. So what's like the proper way to open packs without absolutely just destroying them like I probably do every time? Don Keen, my guy, my fucking guy. 
Um, hey, we got a little Joe Burrow action playoff. Oh, oh. Is this worth anything? Is this worth anything? A little shiny rated rookie action with Joe Burrow? Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Talk to me, baby. Talk to me, baby. It's not numbered. Now we're ripping, baby. Stop. I don't believe any of you motherfuckers. Not with your filthy hands all over it. God damn it. This is so hard to put in. I can't wait to get bullied for how I'm treating these cards. Yo, what does it mean when like a card is centered? I'm just going to put it here. Not touch it. Darius Anderson. I don't have gloves. I don't fucking have gloves. We already wear masks. It's already too much for me, all right? Ooh. Oh, they're giving me all the fucking quarterbacks, eh? Little Jay Herbie. Nah, they're not numbered. Not numbered. Elite rookie card, Justin Herbie. All right. Two packs down. I feel like I'm fucking raking right now. I feel like I'm absolutely raking. Are any of these cards worth anything? Oh, a little Rager action. Rager. Let's go. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurdies. Not numbered. Stop giving me Zach Moss, you fucking Panini. Mo this is what I don't like about cards, man. One, they gave me fucking uh, Patrick Taylor shiny cards, which I don't want any fucking part of. Two, they gave me back fucking bike to bike Zach Moss. Like, stop giving me Zach Moss. It's out of control. I hate it here. All right. Last pack. Let's get that Jerry Burrow fucking signature, baby. Give me that Siggy. If we get a fucking Joey Burrow Siggy right now, I'll smoke a Siggy. If, if YouTube won't kick me off. Joe Reed. Rated rookie. This box costs like $47 off Amazon, I think. So, I, like, who the fuck is Kamal Martin? <sighs> you give me Kamal Martin signature? Who the fuck is this? Oh, uh, this is a guy who's still in college, eh? I see. I see. 
Trayvon Diggs, shiny card. I'm over this. I'm over fucking Trayvon Diggs. Oh, there's my fucking boy. Thanks for showing up to the party, Run AMC. Well, Anthony McFarland and Avisca. And Avisca. This auto is like 120 right now. You're shitting me? Why is it so hard to get these cards in the uh, plastic case? Like, I feel like I'm going to fuck the corners up. Every time I try to do it, let's get you, Kamal. Like, it just doesn't fit well. I don't think this is the right size. Do I need to get oversized? They want you to bend the cards. I get it. What a bunch of motherfuckers, yeah. That's what I was saying. Like, the NFL started COVID so that they can extend the season. I just feel like I'm going to put these somewhere and not touch them ever again. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, like, put them in the oven, the microwave, or the freezer. What if you put them in the freezer? I feel like they got to be real. I feel like they really got to be... Um, ah, that's such a good idea. Fucking cut the sleeve with a knife on one of them. What about just a scissor? Scissor. Skirt. I don't think that worked. I don't think that's what I was actually trying to do there. I think I added the math up in way incorrectly on, on this one. Oh, no, it did work. Bet. Bet. Kaval, get in your home. Kamal. Sorry, baby. You know I didn't mean that. Like, it shouldn't be this tight. That's what she said. Okay, fuck you guys. I think I got the wrong size. I should have got a Magnum. I'm not doing the rest of these. It'll take me all fucking day. Get that graded. How much did it cost to get graded? Where you gotta send where you gotta send them shits? Where I gotta send these? They just got like a grading center. That should probably take six years to get back to you, huh? Well, I know like the names of it, but like where do you actually send it? They just got an address where you send them shits. Who's the Packers wide receiver too? It's fucking Jordan Love. Make that fucking value come up, baby. So is this a good card? I, I honestly feel like this card fucks. Like I feel like I might be able to fucking go out on the street right now and sell it for about a G. This one's good. Then Lucas, get the fuck out of the chat. If you don't want to watch, you don't have to be here. This wasn't a class you signed up for or paid for. Put that up there. The rest of these fucking stink. Jordan Love, I already wrapped it up, baby. What about this Halen, this fucking Jalen Hurts ish right here? Is this a bit? Is this a big? Uh, is this a big dub right here? When he takes over in like two weeks. 
trash, Jalen. Two dollars? Two fucking dollars. It's huge. It's huge. Love that. This is just fucking ridiculous. There we go. They're just praying for you to fuck everything up. I hate them. I hate card companies. Jalen graded. But but like, what are the chances that... Shouldn't this shit come back as a 10? Like, all they did was send me a fucking pack. I didn't do anything to it. Like, how am, they, how are they, how am I going to send them a brand new card and they come back and be like, nah, you fucked it up, fam. Like, fuck you. You fucked it up. How do you know that they don't fuck it up? I don't believe you, Seth Young. Sleeving isn't hard. Sleeving very fucking hard. It's one of the hardest things I've done in a long time. And I do a lot of hard things. I have to put up with snacks on a weekly basis. I can't believe they gave me a fucking Kamal Martin card artwork print alignment. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, why they just be giving me fucking unaligned cards? Like, I bought a pack of cards, line that shit up. Why you guys keep saying my hands are greasy and sweaty? They're not. They're clean. They're nice. They're nice. Rookie QBs are high value, but not college cards. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's all about conspiracy. It is fucking conspiracy. There's a lot of conspiracies going around right now. What did you eat before this? I didn't eat anything before this. I went for a walk. I went, I went to, I'm putting out a vlog this week. It's like 45 minutes long. And, uh, and I went to get some footage in the middle of Times Square, but it's not as it's. I gotta wait for the nighttime when it's a little freakier. I can get some good footage. Um, so I went there, and I guess I'm a little sweaty from that. This fucking lens is huge. Is this on? Skirt. About five marks. That's pretty good return on investment, I would say. Hit me up if you want to grade the Burrow possible 350, 300, 500 card. For real? This is a Sony A6400. The lens is uh, 12 to 24, 2.8. It's new from Sony. It's a big motherfucker. Sorry, I told you this stream was going to get out of control. What else we got here? I want to order more packs. What, what kind of boxes? I like doing the boxes. I like doing the boxes. If I was your neighbor, would I be able to drink Mars with you? Yeah, yeah. I, uh... I, uh... I'm, I'm good friends with my neighbor next door. We drank Mars. First time I met her, I was walking... Walking bike from the liquor store. I just texted her. I was like, you thirsty? She came over. You drank a fuckload of Marks. So yeah, if you're my neighbor, we could do that. YM's boxes, optic. I'm I'm, I'm down to spend like $1,000 right now. I'm down to spend a G and just open it up online. And just offshoot them to you. 
opens and dies box on stream. You don't want to see me do that. You think I'm fucking greasy now. All right. Uh, that's going to be all I got for y'all today. I think like I didn't probably need to get off camera for my own good. Um, anyone. Yeah. Dime, dime cards hit me up. Cause I don't know what the fuck I'm doing over here. I'm going to end up ruining all the cards before I even get to sell them and shit or before I get to collect them. I'm not even really trying to make money off of this. I think I've started to understand like the entire opportunity at hand here with cards. When people are talking about investing into cards, they they mean like really investing. In the same way you invest in something expensive, it's not a short-term appreciation thing. I almost bought a LeBron James card for $8,000 the other day. I had to get that off my chest. Yeah, see, Nicholas, that's the thing, like, money is in is in the single packs but like that's where you need to you need to understand before you get into the game you need to understand what your actual goal is what your motive is um you need to get in you need to understand if you're doing it for a hobby if you're doing it for an investment here's the thing like if you do it for an investment like that lebron james card if i get it for 8k now in 20 years down the road could be worth like 40 or 50k like do you see what jordan jordan cards are going for like these are real investments he's not like for a lot of people these things are not just um these things are not just for fun like they're like a painting they're like a anything a real estate piece like anything you invest in it could go up But some people just like, like when I was younger, I never did it for money. I was not flipping my cards, even though I would, I would look through the Beckett's book like daily just to see what the cards were worth and shit. And I would love it when it go up. I would never sell them. I was more of a collect. I was collecting it for a hobby. Um, so I think like there are a lot of ways to go about doing it. Jeez, dime. You're fucking slamming right now, huh? Yeah. See, that's it. Pa Patriots. Like you, you have to be willing to sit on it. So like if you're getting into the game to make money, like, yeah, you could. You could do it. You could get lucky, make money, whatever, flip it. If you, if you really know what the fuck you're doing, like dime cards, I'm assuming that you could make a hell of a lot of money doing it. But most people are not going to get to that level where they know the ins and outs of everything and how to actually make us, you know, just like at most things in life. Like you can't just walk into something and make a quick profit. Anything that's just a fad or a trend. Yes. If you're first to market on it, sure. You could take advantage of it. That's my neighbor right there. You could take advantage of it. Um, but those things don't last. Like this is anything good, anything really worthwhile, anything that you could build something meaningful around. It, it's not a quick in and out thing. Number open boxes. Yeah, these shits just go up quickly. Obviously, you know, it's in, it's, it's like stocks where it's nothing's a sure fucking thing. It's easy to look back and be like, yeah, you know, this card was a thousand dollars in and it went up to 15 K, but like, it's not easy to see that coming. 
Uh, right now, I don't know the markets that well, but apparently basketball cards are the way to go. Baseball cards, I think, have some value. Football cards are kind of like shit, but they're really the only thing I know. Yeah, Animal's team is fucking terrible. He's 0-4. He's going to be 0-4 after this week. Really bad shit. But I, I don't know. I like opening these cards. I have fun doing them. I'm pretty sure I could figure out a way with like my audience size to end up doing this all for free. Even if it's like just break even. So like it could be fun to do and also not have. Uh, and also not lose a shitload of money. Uh, are we ever going to address snacks as alcohol problem? Yeah, we, I address it with him like daily. Animals is sharp. Yeah, don't fade animal. You can make more doing cars than fantasy, in my opinion. I'll hit you up. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I think most people probably underestimate what I make doing fantasy. Not a brag, just like uh, I don't think there are a lot of things I'm good enough at that I can make more money doing. Cards are overprinted. Yes, that's the other thing. Like, dude, this is this is what I talk about with social media all the time. Um. There's a reason platforms get really popular and then they start to drop off, right? When you are a social media platform, yes, I do try hard. Um, wait, Dime, are you serious? All right, maybe we will talk off stage. Social media platforms start. People realize that. People realize that it's fair ground for organic reach. A lot of eyeballs. Um, and it's there for the taking where you could build an audience and monetize that eventually. Right? And it's the same thing with an industry like cards. The producers of the cards will start to... Um, will start to overproduce and obviously just easy supply and demand will make the price go down on them. And everybody just got in the value of all the cards go down. Same thing with like when Instagram got big, the first few people in there make millions now for not doing shit. Um, the first few people that got in didn't have to do much to gain an audience and they could leverage that for the rest of their life. However, then other people who weren't the first to it, um, see the success that you can have and then they jumped into it and then again supply and demand not as many eyeballs on the first person anymore starting to be shared throughout all the people right that's just the way the world works very easy economics right there it's going to happen with cards it's going to happen with every fad that ever happens right like tie-dye shirts and tie-dye apparel went nuts over quarantine and a few months leading up to quarantine and then you see like every one of your fucking mothers and their friends starting a little tie-dye apparel company on instagram or on twitter or whatever and um and then you know the demand eventually drops off it's not cool anymore etc just the cycle of life people tiktok exactly tiktok's you know it gets saturated then see people see that there's an audience grab available. So they come over and everyone starts to make accounts and then it's 
then it gets really saturated and then companies realize that there's eyeballs there. So they start going in they part, they start putting advertising. Um, they start putting advertising dollars into, into the platform. And before you know it, not only do you have a million users on it that are making content, you have advertisers popping in and making content and it becomes a shit show. And then after a few years, the platform becomes shit and no one wants to be on it anymore. Story of every social media platform of all time. Yeah, that's why everything comes back to branding. Everything has come back to me fucking yelling at you on camera. You know why I say the word? Eh. You know why I say the c word, the cunt word? Because it's my favorite word. But like, who else are you gonna who else are you gonna catch out here saying it? You'll remember me with that. Not nah, that's that's probably a bad example because I would say it regardless. Like I say it to all my friends all the time. But you'll get the deal. Uh, Steven, I don't know what your super chat was, bro. It was so fucking far, far away. Down 13 PPR Rogers, Kelsey versus Ridge Ridley green Bay. I don't know what side you are. I feel like, you know, the answer pretty well is probably Rogers Kelsey. I think Rogers Kelsey can easily, uh, can easily do that though. I wouldn't be surprised if green Bay D is the factor there. If they end up with like a pick six or some shit. I would, I would say I'd feel okay if I was Rogers Kelsey. All right. All right. I've got shit to do. I've got packs to buy, packs to open, money to make, friends to see. My favorite thing to put in it, margaritas tequila. Love y'all. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button if you enjoyed. MonkeyKnifeFight.com, promo code BDGE. When you sign up, we'll double your deposit. Patreon.com forward slash BDGE. Everything in the description. I'm out.